This week's guest is Mila Cherny, who joins us for this interview from Barcelona in Spain. Originally from Venezia in Ukraine, Mila is a co-founder and co-owner of a bar named Nighthawks, or is pronounced in Ukrainian, Polunochnike, in her hometown of Venezia, Ukraine. Mila originally started her career off in the IT industry, working in management, human resources, marketing, and social media. After continually dropping the phrase, let's open a bar, for about three years, Mila and her friends opened up Nighthawks, which is still currently open and operating and serving the people of Venezia. Mila is also the chief editor of Barut Media and an ambassador for Barta Tools, Ukrainian-designed and crafted bar tools for the bar and restaurant industry. We had a terrific conversation with Mila and wish her all the best with the ongoing unfortunate war situation in Ukraine. Slava Ukraini! Enjoy the show. Okay, we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. How's it going? Doing well. Doing very well. Summertime, middle of summer, so it's nice. Um, the weather is great. And, yeah. uh, well, the do got to work. That kind of cuts into my fun time. But, uh, hey, how are things going with you? Well, it's weather's really nice though in the summer, so my businesses are shit. <laughs> people go away for the weekend yeah that's true yeah. yeah i can tell it's pretty dead in town you can actually make it from one end to the other without any traffic yeah it just never happens no not great for the bar industry yeah. but falls almost here yeah. look at it that way yeah and speaking of those bars if you are actually in town you should come check them out sugar run in downtown kitchener is speakeasy we have uh monthly burlesque shows we have a weekly stand-up comedy night on wednesdays uh djs every sunday and often on friday so check that out at sugar run bar on instagram babylon sisters is the bar uptown waterloo at babylon sisters bar on instagram so you want to check that out lots of weekly features djs every fridays and some saturdays and then finally argyle arms at preston beautiful preston ontario that's uh at argyle underscore arms underscore 2023 on instagram to check out what's going on there we have live music wednesday to saturday so you can check out our instagram feed to find out who's performing and when if you're a fan of the show then you should uh subscribe to the uh podcast rate review it that helps us out a great deal uh if you want to be a guest on the show it's info at the industry club or you can dm us directly at the industry podcast on instagram and uh what else oh zach hannah zach hannah does the artwork for the instagram feed that's at zach hannah.co Z-A-K. And uh, yeah, hit him up for any graphic arts needs you may have. Yep. He's and, tremendous. Yeah, and all those links are in the show notes as always. So just scroll down the bottom of the show notes and you will see them all there. All right. Well, enough about us. Let's yep. get to our guest coming to us from Barcelona. It's Mila Cherny. How are you? It's like, hello, friends. Hola, amigos. <laughs> yeah, yes. I can do it in several languages. Yeah, oh, nice, to, nice to see you. Nice to hear you guys. Yeah. yeah, and um, it's very it's it's plus pleasure for me to be the guest uh, because I've checked, I've got prepared, so I checked several episodes. I've listened to them for sure. Oh, good, and, thanks. Uh, it's a huge pleasure. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Yeah, I know it's late for you because you are in Barcelona, so we appreciate you staying up and recording with us. Oh yeah, we'll have to start off with the Slava Ukraini. Oh, hello, Slava. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. So they, they're going to conduct the rest of this interview in Ukrainian. This <laughs> will be good for maybe three people listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. we will promote it, you know. We will yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mila, let's uh, start by talking about how you first got uh, tangled up in the in the service industry. What was your first introduction? Well, it's a long story, guys. Yeah. Uh, we got because, time. Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have all time of the world, yeah. Uh, actually, I've never been to service industry, to hospitality industry before. And I started, like, when I was 20, you know, when you uh, think of your dream life, you go to IT sphere. It's always about this. You would just dream to uh, enter IT, to, you have big IT dreams. And, but, but I had the bucket list. Uh, where I put all dreams of my life. And somehow I had uh, two issues, uh, two dreams to have to open the coffee place and to own a cocktail bar. To own a cocktail bar, I don't know where I got it. Maybe from some movie or I don't know. It was not my dream. Uh, probably maybe it was like unconscious. Uh, mm. Because at, at the age of 20, probably I drank only uh, Bloody Mary and I did it not in a proper way. You know, I, I, I took a knife and I put vodka, <laughs> to tomato juice, on the blade of the of the of the knife. So it was not good, but uh, still, I had those dreams. Yeah, and uh, I was growing up. I was uh, having my first life experiences, and those dreams were with me. So I was working in IT, and uh, then uh, during COVID, very unexpectedly, it's not the best experience. Uh, I began to own the coffee place uh, because you know, in COVID, when people cannot stay inside, they can can just uh, take something to go. Um, it's not that kind of atmosphere of hospitality you want to experience, you want to face, and you want to go through. So I named that I had the very expensive training on how to conduct business, <laughs> how to own and how to manage the coffee place during COVID years. Uh, so it was my first, first touch with the industry, kind of, because I we were doing like some coffee, non-alcoholic cocktails, mocktails. Uh, and then I was becoming more interested. So we went to, me and my friends were visiting different cities in Ukraine and we were going abroad. And then this word cocktail bar, you know, it was like a magnet for me. So I started uh, touching or dreaming about this industry as a guest, sitting at mm. the bar and trying to not to be ashamed without knowledge of what I'm drinking, what are the history of the cocktail. So I was like, what is that uh, with green cherry? It's like green cherry is not good cherry. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, okay, I will know this. <laughs> so, yeah, and that was a long, long way. Uh, and actually, only three years ago, so I was a huge fan of industry. I visited different bars. I was like a guest. And I forgot about this dream to open a cocktail bar because it doesn't, it didn't seem real. It seemed to be very complicated, especially after owning uh, the coffee place. It was like, oh my God, it's uh, it's very complicated business. So three years ago, me and my friends were celebrating my birthday uh, in my hometown. So I'm uh, originally from uh, Vinica. Many people are, are confused. They think it's Venice, but it's Vinica. It's <laughs> It's like two hour, two hours of drive uh, to drive from Kiev, so it's in the central part of Ukraine. 
it's my hometown it's like uh half of million people living there uh so we were celebrating my birthday in november and you know the weather was so nice it was snowing it's it was very cozy sitting at home but i was we were drinking red wine and uh someone uh told like it would be nice to with this weather to go for back roll you know to go from one bar then again into the snow then again to the bar to warm up a little bit to have some glue wine uh some cocktails uh, but the biggest problem was that uh, in our city we didn't have a proper cocktail bar, cocktail bars to bar crawl. So we had some kind of pubs, we had some kind of restaurants with bar, but not a cocktail cocktail bar. The classy, the that that proper that I wanted to celebrate my birthday in. And you know, it was not the first bottle of wine. So we started brainstorming and making fantasies like then we should go to bar crawl to other cities. But then the talk was uh, unexpectedly turned to idea that we should open a bar in our city. And yeah, we were tipsy. We were very happy. We were very rich with ideas. But next morning, actually, I met a guy who told me the information that the place I was hunting for three years to move my coffee place there uh, was actually free and uh, but free like it was not occupied finally and it was a click so the same day I went to check the place and it was ideal it was perfect for opening a bar and in one month we we signed the oh. contract <laughs> for, oh, for wow. rent so, yes, it was, you know, uh, when you have these signs from universe, you cannot skip them. Right. So talk to me a little bit about how you see so you have no service industry experience except for running the coffee shop at this point. So what made you think that you would be able to open a cocktail bar? Like, how were you going to develop cocktail recipes, etc.? Did you just hire <laughs> people to do it for you or <laughs> I'm just sort of interested you know, uh, like opening a bar is, is is it's not like cocktails go not first, not in the first line. You need uh, patience. You need systematic approach. You need to plan everything very th- thoughtfully, thoroughly, and you need management skills for sure. And as I as I worked um, in IT industry, so I decided to use all my experience and all my skills that I can applying them to bar industry and it was a nice idea because i had hunted many bartenders actually so it was head hunting and uh, the first step uh we did um like me and my partner partners for the business we went for uh through bartender school so we decided to become bartenders for ourselves to investigate all the industry from inside to understand what we are doing what we want um it was the first step so we went and we were studying learning and uh, buying all these books on amazon uh trying to uh, figure out what is uh, the history of the cocktail the errors of cocktails and so on the second step was finding inspiration so there were movies like cocktail uh the cocktail then uh the employees only so docu- some document documentaries on youtube you know and mm-hmm. also then we were finding uh lo- looking for inspiration in different bars so we were bar crawling in ukraine and abroad it was like kind of drinking weekends right. we were visiting different places so for example we were going to lisbon and the whole weekend we were doing only bar crawls so we were 
tasting different cocktails. I think that in that way, we're developing our own uh, tastes and flavors, uh, like feeling and senses, uh, to understand what we like and what we want to see in the bar. And all these like small puzzles, information, knowledge, tastes, flavors, talks with bartenders, whole experience of uh, hospitality in different countries and different cities gave us uh, the meaning and senses that we put in, in this new place. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the way to do it, right? Like, uh, What year did this bar open? It will be, in November, it will be two years. So, yeah, it was in 2021. Okay, 2021. And then, so, the war happens soon after that. So, talk to us a yeah, little bit about... Months. Yeah, so... What, uh, how did talk to us about the effect on your business and uh, and how it is still affecting it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when we opened, we were so happy, uh, mm-hmm. we were happy with everything with the concept, uh, with a huge event, with everything, all energy we invested in it, and also with the name because we picked, <laughs> we picked up a very funny name, uh, but very logical for the bar, Night Hawks. So people who do not sleep at night. Right. Um, because actually we were inspired with this uh, painting of uh, Hopper. Um, there is um, a painter, the famous one, uh, Edward Hopper. So in 1942, I guess, he created this painting when you probably saw it. Uh, there are four people sitting at the night bar and they are drinking. And we are four partners. So it seemed logical to, to pick up this name. Uh, Nighthawks. But when the war began, uh, first, you do not know what to do because you do not know for how long it will last. You do not know if people will stay in the city, if you are not going to lose your team, uh, and if it's it makes sense to be open, uh, you know, uh, to serve uh, cocktails during uh, war. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a huge kind of question for us and also the curfew from the first days of the war we had the curfew starting at 11 p.m at 10 p.m sometimes so night hawks not so great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah bar shush, bar is closing at at 10 p.m uh so huge challenges challenge after challenge after covid you know i think that businesses couldn't expect it to get worse but it happened right but after first months for first months we were closed but then we realized that uh we are so passionate about this business and we are so passionate about our team and definitely this project is like a child so you cannot like uh say to to your child like wait for a year or two because I'm struggling, I'm going not through not the easiest period of uh, my life. No, you cannot. You Mm. just take this child with you and go through all uh, tough times together. So we decided that we uh, will do everything we can. And also, I was so pleased to see it. Our guests began to text uh, text us. So like, we need you. We need a place to, to come and to feel safe, to feel like home. We need to socialize because uh, every day something is happening. You know, the news are not the best. Uh, we are losing friends and so on. So people needed some kind of uh, place to be joined, uh, to have a cocktail, to exhale a bit. And in this sense, um, it was a huge click and change when the bar stopped being just a bar. And it became more like a psychologist, more like a friend, 
mm-hmm. uh, more like if a safe basement, like a doctor. And yeah, people were joking that it's even cheaper than a therapy. <laughs> you just grab <laughs> yeah. two cocktails and see the whole inning, like talking with, with warm people. So yeah, we are working now, even after a year and a half. Yeah, and a year and a half has passed, uh, but we are working. And the whole team is working. So we have 16 wow. people now in the team. And everyone is is with us, uh, giving all and doing every day uh, all that he, he can. Because I was reading, you know, uh, all these books uh, uh, of uh, Hemingway about the war of Remark, when it was war and people were sitting in the bars and drinking and dancing, you know. Yeah. And I realized that people do need this. Uh, so it's um, we cannot skip it. We cannot pretend not to see that people uh, need this kind of relax. And also we cannot pretend uh, not to see that the war influences the bar industry and the bar industry influences the war. Because uh, during the uh, se- after Second World War, when there was a prohibition era, you know, if this didn't happen, the world uh, wouldn't would never see the recipes of many cocktails, and uh, there were never uh, speakeasy bars opened, and uh, people were not uh, able to add uh, some liquors or sugar to bad alcohol, you know, to cover the the uh, uh, awful taste. So it all makes sense, and uh, we just can use it somehow and uh, to do our best with all that passion that we have to the industry yeah i like to how you sort of described it as like originally you're like oh should we even be open during this time because of the war and like and then realizing no it's actually sort of a necessity that people need a place to join to, together and be together and commiserate and what have you right so and and that's that's what bars were originally meant for and should still be. Yeah, that's true. That is uh, that is the mission of the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it, and I, I think there's it's funny because somewhere down the line when we, we all got sort of into creating all the ever, you had to have like a new idea for a bar, right? Or like something that hadn't been done before and keep pushing the envelope with cocktails and all this stuff. But and I feel like maybe somewhere along the line we've lost that sort of sense of the bar really just being a gathering place for people to communicate with each other yeah uh you know when we kind of sense phrase or motto so or i choose or created i don't i don't uh, know how to, to say uh this one that uh people with cocktails and cocktails with stories so we know that each cocktail has its story so our main target and mission from the first day of opening was to tell stories uh, to listen to stories of people and to pay back with the stories about cocktails. Mm. Uh, because uh, when it's um, just business, and when it's crowded bar, a disco bar or something, yes, it makes sense. It's, it's vibish, it's popular, uh, it always has lines. But for me, it's very important uh, to grow the, the drinking culture. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, Ukraine is... Uh, uh, like Slavic countries, uh, to be honest, uh, are stereotypically associated with drinking vodka, vodka, vodka all the time. <laughs> and the people get drunk, drunk and do stupid things. But I want to prove and I want to see Ukrainian people drinking mezcal, drinking dry martinis, 
and no and they do know now that the green cherry on the top of the cocktail is bad cherry bad so cherry it shouldn't be green <laughs> yeah it shouldn't be green at least uh, okay so tell us a little bit about bar out media you're also the editor of bar out media so explain to us what that is exactly and uh what you do mm-hmm. yeah so my industry should be vocal uh like to to raise culture to talk about drinking culture we need some media we need some uh kind of uh, place where we can uh put our voice and talk to people and also unite uh, all bartenders so we used to have this uh, media it's online media but out it's a uh, I think that every country that has developed bar industry does have such media. So it's a kind of place where we posted articles, interviews, different recipes, announcements about like we are looking for ambassadors and so on. Friends, uh, seasonal menus, um, events, uh, bar shows and so on. But during the war, it was frozen. Uh, and uh, people who were working at the project, many of them went to the front line Actually, that's why it was frozen. Oh wow! And I decided, uh, yeah, and I decided that we do need uh, to go vocal uh, because uh, now, um, when I moved to Barcelona, actually, I realized that Europe knows such few things about Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian culture at all. Overall, Ukrainian bar culture even less. Like. And some people do know about uh, barometer show that we used to have before the war uh, every year it was annual bar show so it was it was muy 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 interesante and it was so nice it was the level of athens bar show lisbon bar show for me even better because i visited uh, several of them and Kiev bar show was the blast and many many european bartenders visited it but Every, everything stopped. Uh, we do not have so much events now. Uh, we do not. We cannot compete in um, world class and other kind of competitions because the guys uh, now cannot leave the country. You know that men in Ukraine cannot leave the country. So we have kind of limitations. But we decided that it's good time to go vocal inside the country and to unite those bartenders to form this. Uh, a huge network to share ideas to support each other inside the country and also go vocal uh, abroad and if we cannot go for the guest shifts now like men cannot do this women still can we can talk we can uh, share ideas we can share uh, our local recipes we can share something about culture about local ingredients we use like so we decided not to keep silence. That's why uh, I jumped into the role of chief editor. And now we are making like first steps after this frozen period uh, to, to, to make the corpse revival, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for this for this side. Okay, so you were mentioning that like people in Barcelona and in Europe in general don't understand Ukrainian bar culture. I don't either. So explain to me, what is Ukrainian bar culture? How would you describe it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as I told, stereotypes do not work anymore. People do not drink only vodka, but uh, it's true that uh, okay, I will I will uh, start with the best things. Ukraine has awesome hospitality, very high quality hospitality. I should say that our level of service I barely can find here in Europe. So talking about 
water-friendly approach about uh, not to let guests go drunk drunk if we see that it's enough so we can save his health and right. his reputation sometimes <laughs> you know about yeah about knowing and telling stories about the cocktail trying to prolong this history of cocktails because now you know everything like uh the world is growing speed everything is like very quick we are using we are listening voice messages uh on the high speed uh, we are using te- phone, MacBook, a tablet, all in the same time. So people prefer everything to happen very quickly. And uh, cocktails, the same, but they skip this part of conscious drinking. And uh, they sometimes they do, not, they do not know what they are drinking. So they just get something. Uh, they get the effect, uh, the effect they were expected. Uh, they go relaxed, uh, but actually they do not know. But when we are uh, buying something like iPhone or I don't know any other gadgets or goods, we do know why we are spending such sums of money. You know that gives us some kind of appreciation, and uh, we appreciate it more when we know the senses. So yeah, uh, people in Ukraine try to go through these senses maybe it's like kind of period period and it will last for several years and we will jump uh, through it uh, to this quick 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 service but now it's more about talks be- uh, between bartender and the guest hostess and the guest administrator and the guest very friendly service uh, so it's about like hospitality talking about drinks Mm, what is Ukrainian bar, bar culture? Ukrainian bar culture, it's when people do bar, bar crawls. They do like uh, to do it in big cities. People know what they are drinking. People upgrade their tastes. So actually, when we were opening the bar, uh, barely, I don't know, one person from 10 uh, knew how to drink dry martini. And they were like, oh, my God. But, if Bond uh, had this cocktail, should I? <laughs> no, you know, there are people that uh, come to the bar and say, "Okay, what proportion should I should I play for dry martini today? Like half and half, or six to two, or three to right. one?" You know, so people know uh, there's this stuff, and it's very pleasant uh, that uh, they are not asking to give them. I don't know what, like whiskey and cola. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, but still, still, we, we, we have we have people to educate uh, them. So yeah, and Ukraine is also about many local ingredients. Um, you know, I had the um, uh, so my Barcelona uh, started with my guest shift in Doctor Stravinsky. There is a, uh, one of my favorite bars in Barcelona. It's Doctor Stravinsky. It was in uh, Fifty Best several years ago. And uh, I was making uh, Ukrainian Negroni because I'm a huge fan of Negroni. Uh, and I decided to bring Ukrainian uh, variation on it. And I was using local berry. Uh, it's named Kalina. And it's very, it's, um, it's like cranberry, similar to it, but it's a very, very bitter. So it gives that bitter taste that we usually expect from Campari. 
And with this berry, you do not need Campari. Sorry, Campari, if you're listening to this, but <laughs> maybe it's, it's it's idea for uh, for Ukrainian Campari, you know. And people were drinking. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, it's so bitter and it's it's, it's so tasty. And no one knew that we have such kind of berry, you know. And there are a lot of buckwheat. We use buckwheat to infuse rum with buckwheat. So usually buckwheat, people, it's grain and people use it while like a porridge or like uh, to, to bake bread from this buckwheat. No, we infuse rum with it and it's, it gives like kind of bread flavor, very foodish. And oh my God. I want to drink it right now. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or sorrel, for example, or other herbs. So we have a lot of them. And uh, now bars are going through all these experiments with local ingredients. Uh, maybe it is because the patri- patriotic uh, spirit uh, right. grew a lot during the war, you know. And second, the dark side of it, of it, that because of this unstable situation uh, that we struggle, um, many brands uh, have put limitations on uh, exports, you know, so they bring to Ukraine less alcohol because they cannot predict how, how much alcohol uh, we will need. Right. So logistics and delivery kind of... Mm, flexible not stable so that's why people are making experiments with local ingredients and actually many bartenders now are launching ukrainian craft spirits like gin uh ukrainian horilka and it's it's it it gives a huge push for development uh that's interesting that how like out of a terrible situation it's kind of sort of developed a very unique style for ukrainian bartending though it's a, it, it really is like out of almost a, every, any unfortunate situation, good can come out of it in certain ways. Are you drinking Negroni now? Is that what that is? No, it's not Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> no, I decided that uh, that staying at home uh, at midnight and having Negroni, it's not a best idea. You know, I, I prefer Negronis at midnight somewhere at the fancy bars. Okay. Or, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a kind of gin tonic with cinnamon. Mm. Because two, two months ago, I was visiting... Salmon Guru in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that bar a lot. And they have the only uh, recipe of cocktail they didn't change for seven years was uh, the classic gin tonic, but they adjusted it. Uh, so it goes with ginger and cinnamon. Oh. And it's so tasty. So now <laughs> I, good, at yeah. home, <laughs> yeah, I do it with cinnamon all the time. And oh my God, for people who love cinnamon, mm. awesome. So was it the was it the war that prompted your move to Barcelona or did you come for a different reason? No, not because of war. I won't say this because I was staying in Ukraine for the first year of the war and uh, we were working, we were doing even events uh, during the war, like, I mean, concerts, but, but all these concerts, they had like charity, so we are collecting money to help army. But then, uh, you know, when you're, a manager and when you're a person who wants who has ambitious uh, ambition uh, ambitions to push something you need energy mm-hmm. and when you are there of course all energy is put to volunteering to struggling surviving every day because yeah. all your energy is like to read news not to read news 
to go to the basement, not to go to the basement. So I decided that if I want to change something globally, like for Ukrainian, to do something useful for Ukrainian bar culture, uh, and I have this kind of motivation and ambition, still have, I need to, to take care of myself uh, in order to have enough to inspire team, at least, maybe other people. Uh, so that's why I moved uh, and I moved actually I didn't plan it but I moved after my guest shift so I had the guest shift in January this January I was staying here for a week or so I had a talk with several people I made friends with several bartenders and I understood that Barcelona it's like a hub for bartending culture because like talking even about now we have this 50 best list and first third and seventh numbers are in Barcelona. So Sips, Tushmaks, and Paradiso, you know, mm. and a huge number of other bars that are worthy uh, investigation, a worthy inspiration. Uh, so I decided to use this time both for healing myself, like mentally, emotionally, to use this time also for networking. As I'm in Europe, I can I, I usually represent my bar at the guest shift. So I'm not a bartender originally. I didn't do shifts every night at my bar, but I know how to do it. So that's why when mm. I have invitations from different bar shows or bars, I'm super happy to do this. So I stand at the bar and prepare the cocktails with the recipes of my bar. So like trying to represent it here in Europe. And also trying to understand what can be done for for Ukrainian bar culture as well. So yeah, that is the idea of moving here. Right. And how do you find that people are taking to the Ukrainian cocktails that you're making for them? If they do not lie, <laughs> they, they are very tasty. I hope so. <laughs> because, because I've heard that not only from my friends, bartenders, you know, so. Well, bartenders will be honest with you. So, yeah, bartenders will be honest. Yeah, so. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully, yeah. 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 You might get the odd guest who says they like it and they really don't, but bartenders will tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like cocktails, as I told, uh, we use many local ingredients and it always uh, it's always about curiosity, like what is this taste, what this color goes from, how you, did you do the infuse or something. And also, um, I'm super proud because when when uh, before the war even, one guest came to the bar and uh, I told you that they were starting from the very basic level of education, bar education. So... The banger was porn star martini for sure, Clover Club for sure, because they are pinky, sweetie, uh, very drinkable, very uh, pleasant, you know, and it's nothing that can embarrass you or shock you. But uh, when people were asking shots or, um, for example, I don't know, whiskey and cola, as I told you, we tried to deal with this, like not to say no, just no, just to explain and to find some compromise, uh, for example, short, we can serve one cocktail divided into three small capitals, like three small glasses. So the company can share cocktail, but it's nice quality cocktail with good alcohol, uh, but they drink the, uh, drink it as shots. Yeah. Or, for example, whiskey cola. Yeah, so it's, it's, it, it changes the culture a bit, you know. And if you say, for example, that this cocktail... Like Brandy Alexander, it was the favorite cocktail of John Lennon, and he was uh, calling it 
his favorite milkshake, and he was drinking liters of this Alexander when he quit with Yoko Ono. Guests are like, oh my God, I will have another one. You know, so it's all about this curiosity, interest, and sharing stories. And whiskey cola, for example, what we did, it was also very funny that people were asking all the time because it's kind of memory from student years when you drink, yep. when you buy your first bottle of whiskey and just mm-hmm. put cola somewhere on the bench, sharing with the friends. And uh, we did our own our own craft cola. So we played a little bit with adult whiskey. So we used Katisark uh, uh, and Isle whiskey. So it's smoky. And we also cook our own cola. So it's not, we do not buy it. We cook it uh, with craft ingredients, with herbs, with honey. It's like secret recipe. But uh, we have it in bottles, in retro vintage bottles that we had in, I don't know, 80s, 90s. And people are drinking whiskey cola, but it's with fucking, sorry, Katisark. <laughs> <laughs> that costs money you know and they're like oh my god it has smoky taste uh flavor and when they know it's craft cola and it's designed by us logo of uh, and and the bottle is in touch so it, it it's the same but not the same you know it's like upgraded so yeah yeah i love that we uh on at sugar run on our original menu we made our own rum and cola with uh uh made cola as well and it's like it, it really does make a difference. Like the people freaked mm-hmm. out about it because it doesn't have, it doesn't have that like over arching, like uh sweetness that like have it like sugar. Cola has. Yeah. yeah. Just like, just tastes like sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll let you go soon. Cause I know you got to go to sleep, but <laughs> before, before we go, do you want to plug this uh, line of bar tools that you're the ambassador for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I think that, you know, uh, very soon I will be just ambassador of everything Ukrainian that is connected to <laughs> our world, our industry. <laughs> yeah, because uh, those are my friends. Uh, I know them very, very well. Um, so they had a dream of create, creating bar tools for bartenders. Uh, so these bar tools are created in Ukraine. But the idea is they can go worldwide. And actually, they started to do it uh, right now. And last year, I know that they started uh, the ambassador relationship with uh, Danielle Jones. Um, I love him so much, uh, the Angostura Bitter Global Ambassador. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, they are uh, they are producing different tools, starting with swizzle, stick, shakers, very nice mixing glasses, uh, jiggers, uh, also very, very sophisticated glasses. So, for example... I don't have it right now with me, but it's uh, a cup for punch, for example, or you can put uh, some hot alcohol drinks, but the leg is from the glass, from the like glass glass. So it's a cup with a oh, cool. yeah. leg from the glass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, these uh, glasses are very sophisticated. So probably uh, they, they will fit more for some fancy dining or maybe very nice lobby uh, bars at the hotels because uh, this is not for when you have 
100 people waiting and right. you just serve in these sophisticated glasses. Yes, no, it's, it, it's not going to work. So it's more uh, when you have a person, you have a talk with a guest and you can serve something very special in a special glass. So now I try to help guys to uh, make promotion in Europe, uh, talking about Spain in Spain. Uh, and to try to get the feedback from bartenders here, like it's better than other brands uh, or not, the price is okay or not. So we are just gathering feedback. And of course, we want to see the Ukrainian bar tools in the hands of famous uh, bartenders at international competitions, you know. So that is that is our dream because it's worth it. It's worth it, the quality and the, this sophisticated effect. People who are into something beautiful um yeah they will love it and what's what's the the name name, of the company the name the name name is barta 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 tools yeah barta tools okay well thanks so much mila we really appreciate you staying up with us tonight and uh and telling us all about your bar and bar out media and uh, of course now the bar tools as well uh but we really appreciate you spending the time i'll let dan sign off with you because he can do it in your language yeah it seems that i was talking so much guys and i'm i'm surprised with myself because usually i'm not so talkative uh, at midnight but we just bring it out of nice company (laughs) (laughs) no it was a super pleasure talking to you thank you so much for spending the time and uh yeah good luck with everything thank you Thank you. I hope that after everything finish finishes, like I mean the war, you will come to Ukraine and you will visit my bar and many other bars and you will say that Ukraine is fucking amazing. Uh, talking about the bar world. Yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. will. Awesome. Okay, thanks again, Mila. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys. Thank you.